Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Colonial Connections. This is the podcast designed by and for the School of Nursing, Education, and Human Studies at Robert Morris University. And I'm your host, Dr. Mark Myers, and it's my honor to serve as the dean of the school. Now, as we've gotten this podcast moving forward, you've started to see a number of connections that we've made from RMU and the School of Nursing, Education, and Human Studies to professional programs, to advanced degrees, to online programs, schools, on-ground programs. Learning has been demonstrated all across the board. But today we're gonna take a little bit of a different step and we're gonna make a connection that I think a lot of people might think they understand, but I don't think they understand the breadth and the depth of what goes on quite as clearly. And so, uh, Nicole Law, if you would mind, please introduce yourself to the audience. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Nicole Law. I am the Assistant Athletic Director for Academics here at Robert Morris University. I've been with the institution now for over 15 years, supporting all students from an academic perspective and supporting our student athletes currently, all 16 Division I teams with their academic resources, support, connections with faculty, travel letters, registration, you name it, we do it. So that way I can support the student athletes in their academic experience here. And, and as I've told you before, I think you have the longest job description that doesn't describe what someone does I've ever seen. But why did you decide to get into this, into the, the athletic academic connections that you're talking about? Why was this for you? Um, actually, I started as a graduate student at RMU and had the opportunity and pleasure of working in the Center for Student Success as a grad assistant for the Act 101 program. In learning with that program, I had the opportunity to work with student athletes then. Um, then I became the tra uh, tutor coordinator for the Center for Student Success. And again, I started study hall programs that were initiated by the previous coordinator to work with student athletes. So having that opportunity to really engage and just to see how they thrive and what all they deal with um, has always been fascinating. And so continuing that support has just continued my career here at RMU. So I know people often hear the term student athlete and student comes first, but they sometimes doubt it when they talk about it because they hear stories about people not going to class and not doing this and such. So I, I'm going to give you a really basic question I think the listeners would probably ask. Are the athletes held to the same standards of academics that typical students are? Absolutely. Uh, that is the number one priority of the athletics department because, again, as you said, they are student first athlete second. Um, the wonderful thing about the coaching staff that I work with here at um, Robert Morris is that they care about the students earning their degree. Um, some go as far as having biweekly meetings with me to discuss their academics to find out what's going on. I reach out to the faculty, department heads, academic services, or sorry, Office of the Registrar, but anyone who will support the students to make sure that they are still held to the same standards as any other student here at Robert Morris. So how do the coaches help you do that? You mentioned that they, they assist you in that. How are they helpful in getting that process done? Absolutely. It starts with the faculty. When the faculty reach out to me and kind of share um, any concerns or questions that they might have, um, I then relay that information as the liaison to the coach and just explain the faculty's perspective on what's going on 
and ask for their help to talk to their student athletes to find out why is there a disconnect or why is there a concern with regards to the student in the classroom experience. Nine times out of 10, um, the student will have that conversation with their coach and then have that conversation with their faculty member and we are able to mend something that may have been broken for a temporary period. So it is always important to me as well as to the coaches student is always before athlete. So when when you are talking with people, you know, you start the process early with the the potential athletes as well as the freshmen when they get onto campus and you're working with them. Are there majors that the athletes are going into that would surprise people that they wouldn't think that division 1 athletes are in this major or that major? Absolutely. Uh, the top 3 are nursing, education, and engineering. Um, because again, the unique experience at RMU is the fact that the faculty are able to work with students in that opportunity to um, look at those majors that might present a challenge, especially from a traveling perspective and how those departments work together with the student to be able to allow them to do not only the major that they want to be for their future, as a workplace, but then also to play the sport that they love. So always there is some challenges, but the top three are definitely nursing, education, and uh, engineering. And, and I won't mention any particular names because she might get mad at me if I did that, but I know of certain Olympians that were nursing majors that successfully went through our program. So yeah, leading with nursing, leading with nursing is, is, was a good one for that. That will get me credits with that standpoint as well. <laughs> what from, from your interaction with the, the students in terms of your job and working with them and supporting, what's the best parts it sounded like was the faculty help and the interaction. But what I want to ask you is what's the most challenging aspect of it? What's the part of it that causes you the most angst when you're working with the student athletes? I think sometimes it's the unknown. Um, you know, sometimes there are faculty members who take the time to really, like I said, connect with me, make sure that I have a clear understanding to help support the student athletes. But then there are those that I never hear from. And so that lack of communication sometimes hurts the student overall because if they don't have a clear understanding of a concern that the faculty member has, and even though there's been dialogue that's happened, it becomes frustrating on my end because I can't provide that support or help that student through whatever they're trying to go through to be able to find a resolution that may be a positive and or negative outcome. Um, so the challenge, I think, sometimes is not hearing from faculty when really there is a concern and no one ever knew about it. And we have certain sports that are totally contained within one semester, you know, a fall sport, a spring sport. Mm -hmm. But we have other ones that cross over between all semesters, it seems like. is For the students, do they really get time um, differently if they have a sport that's in one self-contained in one semester or their expectations and uh, academic schedule and athletic schedule just maintained throughout the whole school year? So that's a great question. Um, what I would say is, is I think that they are always student athletes all year round, regardless of when their competition season is. If they are competing in just the fall, yes, I think that they focus obviously a lot more. There's the travel aspect of it. And so they get the spring to kind of bounce back, but that doesn't take away for their abilities or their requirements to be able to um, connect with 
their listening schedules with their uh, coaches, you know, still being engaged to make sure that they physically are able to continue their sports. So I don't think it changes for them. I just think the competition and travel aspect is what changes. And when you're talking with the the freshmen or you're talking with the, the recruits when they're coming in with their families, what's the most asked question that you get from them? Oh, absolutely. They want to know about um, majors. They always ask about academics. Um, in fact, that's why a lot of sports ask me to uh, present to the recruits because they want to understand, okay, how can this be balanced? What's the schedule look like? So I give examples like I try to keep you balanced, as in if the classes are available Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we might look at no more than two or three on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And on Tuesday and Thursday, they're an hour and 50 minutes, 15 minutes. Therefore, we might look at two classes. So, you know, I want you to have maybe you might go 8 to 9.15, 9.30 to 10.45. You might have practice at 1 o'clock, but that gives you a two-hour window. Get something to eat to be able to have a steady schedule. On a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you might do 8 to 8.50, 9 to 9.50, 10 to 10.50. So we have those discussions, um, and the parents are always pleased to hear that there is a unique balance that is available to it. And I do explain that not all majors are able to do that, but – you know, we do work around and we do make sure that the students are able to balance their academics and their athletics at the same time. And just as a promotional announcement for all the parents listening that might be parents of student athletes, they are overjoyed when you schedule them into those early morning start classes, I assume, and they are always eager to go. (laughs) Well, I tell them they have to beg, borrow, and plead with me for an 8 o'clock. But (laughs) at the same time, there are some who, in front of their parents, say, no, I love an 8 o'clock. Great, because the faculty will love you at 8 o'clock. Exactly Um, right. And so I do do let them know that, you know, we do um, offer unique opportunities to be able to balance everything. But the idea is to be able to demonstrate that, you know, we are not putting you in five or six classes in one day. It is spread out. There are some options. I discussed the opportunities for maybe some of the general courses that could be online options to then help also facilitate that balance. So then that way when you're focusing on certain classes that you need to be there for, you're not trying to feel overwhelmed. So I definitely stress the importance of balance that is created at RMU. And when you're working with the the student-athletes, and one thing about RMU across all of our majors is that they have that focus on preparing you to enter your professional life when you finish graduation. Is that the same for the student-athletes as well? Absolutely. I mean, the coaches, um, myself, compliance, any department that you would talk to um, in athletics, they will tell you that they encourage the students to really make a great connection with their faculty members because they want that experience beyond just when you're playing your sport. They're looking at you're going to be a doctor if you're in the pre-med. You're going to be a nurse. You're going to be a teacher um, in an educational facility. You're going to be an engineer. You need to connect with your faculty who are the experts in those areas. We may be the experts in in the sport that you love, but they're the experts that's going to help you beyond that. So, you know, there's lots of encouragement to make sure that the students uh, the student-athletes are meeting with their faculty and making those connections because the faculty can really provide guidance 
for what they want to do career-wise. And what I do to help facilitate that is if a student's not sure which faculty to talk to, if it's not their academic advisor, I may say, you might want to try this faculty member. I know that they've done this project before and given experiences from what other students have shared with me. So then that way that helps the student to encourage them to reach out and really engage and listen to what the faculty have to say because they are very wise in what they do. And I think that's a, a brilliant point that you just made right there is that, and it's also a differentiator for RMU in a way because we do expect our athletes as Division One athletes to, you know, up to uh, perform at a certain level, and that's that expectation. But we're also small enough so that we don't have these large rifts between schools and programs so that you can find an individual path for that athlete to walk. If they wanted to do something in media and business, they're able to do that. If they're in engineering but they want to go into healthcare, they can do some of those combinations and those unique things. And, and I've seen you... Uh, you are such an advocate for your athletes in, in all the best ways. And so one of the things I wanted to mention is when you see yourself in that role, do you see yourself as that advocate, that counselor the, you know, for the athlete as well as just the uh, advisor pointing out the, the courses that they should be taking? Yes. I mean, I feel like I spend more time on the advocating side than on these things, but that's because of, you know, what does the student need? Um, and sometimes my advocation is even to their coach with regards to what the student is interested in doing to make sure, again, is there a clear balance? What are we doing? Um, I think that reception piece of it, you know, the counseling side of it, I am by no means uh, uh, the professional. That's why we have the counseling center. But, you know, the ability to listen, to hear what the student's dream is. I always ask them, what is their dream job in um, their freshman uh, semester because that's a part of the first year seminar requirement to meet with their success coach. And I always say, what is the dream job? I already know professional athlete, but tell me when that ends, what do you want to do? And so some of them come up with some really unique opportunities that they see themselves doing. And I'm like, okay, have you considered the following? Here's who I want you to talk to. And so sometimes I may refer a student to um, Dr. John Locke in the student life division because it may be something from a social aspect, but then I could also recommend a student to Dean Kalevich in engineering and saying, oh, you might want to talk to her about this. So I just think it's, it's the wide range of the ability to listen to the student, find out what's going on, but figure out what's the best avenue to help them. So I am truly, truly blessed that a lot of people on this campus allow me the opportunity to advocate, but also ask a lot of questions. And we actually had on an earlier episode of the podcast, we had an example of one of those that's just a brilliant example. It's actually a Brianna Brunner from, who was a softball player that yeah. is now in, a master's student in psychology, but she mm -hmm. wrote a grant with her psychology um, faculty to do the mental health support for athletes during COVID. I mean, yeah. and that's just an amazing example of what you're just talking about is that a student athlete getting a professional connection with their faculty members and walking in their journey, but also living their experience as a student athlete and helping. That's a terrific thing. And I know you were a part of that too. So a kudos to all of you for doing that. If you were talking with a prospective student athlete and their family, 
you know, pick at what other age they are. You know, what's mm-hmm. the what's the best advice that you would give them if they're thinking about becoming a student athlete at a Division One institution like RMU? So I think when it's a walk-on, um, during the day one experience that's through the admissions department, um, sometimes I'm able to be there and just to stand there among, again, the student life family, I always call them, um, and we just sit there and we're just answering questions. And sometimes somebody will come over and say, I want to be a walk-on. How do I do that? And I encourage them to, one, reach out to me, let me know their sincere interest. If that's something they really want to do, let me connect you to someone. Um, sometimes they don't make it to the team, but they make it to become a manager for the team. There have been lots of students who didn't think about it, maybe became a manager for the team, and then ended up at some point becoming a walk-on for the team. So it really depends on what their passion is. But I tell the um, parents that, you know, they have the same rights to try just as anyone else. They just have a lot of compliance that they have to make sure that they meet the standards to be able to be considered for that option. But if not, why the club sports? You know, the club sports still give them that connection to physically be involved as an athlete. And we have a lot of club sports at, at RMU, yes, which is terrific. Do. And so for you, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give you the uh, the magic wand and let you, you know, dream a little bit here. So, if you had the ability, what's your dream for student athletes? What would should we be doing as a country the broader thing to support student athletes moving forward? What's the dream? That's a yeah. great question. Not sure I know that one. Um actually, I guess I would say, you know, it's it's what's the support that we can give? You know, sometimes I feel like um I know that certain departments might have um, space to just where they can relax and be among themselves. Um, You know, like I can remember seeing the honors lounge and the students just in there having a great time. I can remember the nursing students using their um, hands-on labs, you know, to get that support. So sometimes I do feel like I wish there was like just this space that is, you know, for the student athletes, but also for the students. Um, to interact with the student athletes, not just when over a meal like at PNC Cafe, but maybe just a place where it's a it's a student center where they all can just come together and they can just kind of relax and they get to learn from each other in that, not just in an academic aspect, but more that social aspect. Sometimes I do feel like that the student athletes don't feel like that they connect with the university, not because they're not a part of it. They know that they are, but because where is their space that they just get to hang out and and have that? So if I had a magic wand, I'd feel like, here's your space that you can hang out, invite your friends over, learn more about other sports, and you just connect as one. Oh, that's a great dream. So then uh, we'll have to connect donors with that part moving forward as well. The one thing I do want to say is that, and let you help um, educate myself and the audience on this one, is that you talked about the students being student-athletes first and students first. Do they interact within your experience with the other students that are in their major and such? I know you talked about the dream of the larger place to be on campus, but do they get pushed, you know, do they get ostracized or are they connected with the rest of the major and seen as another one of the majors in their classes? I think it depends on each student. Um, you know, each student, as we all know, is unique, and I think it's, it's what they want from it. I, I can see lots of student-athletes who really get engaged. I mean, they're in Greek life. They're 
a CA, they get involved. Um, and then I do see others that don't. And, you know, part of that could be because they, that's their choice. Part of it is because maybe they don't know that it's an option. So I, I do think that outside of the classroom, sometimes some do and really take advantage of it and store. Um, and, you know, you mentioned uh, Brianna uh, Brenner and um, she, I mean, she's amazing, but I also know that there was a subject that was very passionate for her and um, Girls Hope was something that she was very passionate about. And even when she worked um, with the study hall program, you know, she would ask, could she come and speak to the students during that time slot? So then that way they knew about it. And she did do those things. So I think it's what the students want to make of it too. Well, that's like with anything, any college student, it's what they're going to put into it is what they're going to get out of it. I do have one last question I want to ask you that I'm very curious about, and I know um, the listeners are curious about this type of thing as well. How well do the student-athletes do in the classroom? Actually, I am very proud of all of our student-athletes because they are very academically successful. You know, it's been a pleasure to see how they grow, but more importantly, to see what they do in the classroom. They actually, when we were in the Northeastern Conference, I mean, we broke um, as, a, as a department, but as a student-athlete, you know, their GPA overall um, altogether had broken records for at least two years in a row. So they, as a, as a department, easily are over the 3.3, 3.4s GPA. So from that perspective, I look at it as our student-athletes continue to be extremely academically successful because that's what they put into it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have student-athletes who are at risk or present challenges, but they work just as hard as anyone who is a straight-A student. Some of them, um, I have seen a student who, you know, pushed themselves, and when they saw a passing grade of a C or better, they were just ecstatic because they knew how hard they worked for it. So I believe they all put in the time to really try to bring out the best positive grades that they can. And I just want to tell you, and just speaking, because I love seeing the reaction that Joe gets when you say certain things, because he's learning along with me as we're hearing you talk about these things. But it was fascinating to hear you put the different hats on that you do when you're working with your athletes, and that you're their advocate, you're their counselor, you're their challenger, you're you know supporting them in so many different ways. And I think your efforts are in a large part responsible for that high GPA that you're talking about. So I just want to congratulate you for all the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a delight talking with you. I appreciate it so much. Oh, no, my pleasure. Again, thank you for even considering me for this opportunity. I mean, it is a sincere pleasure um, to ever answer any questions, and I enjoy And, again, I appreciate your compliments, but I cannot do it alone. I am truly supported by the faculty, by the staff um, at this university, and that's what makes I think the student-athlete experience a very positive one. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, and I want to thank you all for listening. And the School of Nursing, Education, and Human Studies is focused on the community. And at RMU, we're continually blurring the lines that seem to separate us, and we're looking forward to our next episode when we'll bring you another example of our colonial connections. Have a great day, and thank you, Joe, for, as always, for helping out. Mm-hmm.